Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Darla Trendler. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. This is Darla, and I am so excited that you're here today. I actually have a guest that has been on the podcast before. She, My guest today is Cheryl Cardall, and she was previously on episode 23, where we talked about overcoming weakness and using humor in motherhood. And I, since I recorded that episode with Cheryl, we've actually become good friends. I, we've met in person. We've actually been able to give each other a hug. And she has become a great friend and someone who I am so grateful that I was able to meet through this journey of starting this podcast and Instagram. And she has so much goodness to share. And so I'm really excited to welcome her to the podcast. So welcome, Cheryl. Thank you. Okay. So glad that you're here. So some people may not recognize your name, but they might recognize your Instagram handle, which is super mamas for real. So tell me about your Instagram account. What are you trying to accomplish there? So my Instagram account has morphed a little bit. It's been, um, I think last January of 2018 is when I started it. And I have always felt really passionately about encouraging moms and helping them to feel like they are doing a great job, doing better than they think um, by just doing the small and simple things daily in motherhood we're doing way better than we think. None of us are perfect, but we need to recognize that we're doing a good job. Um, lately, I it's kind of um, changed course a little bit as we've been on a journey with some of our kids on um, some challenges that we've come into. So we're talking, I talk about that a little bit as well. Um, and we talk about teenagers and raising young adults and things like that. So that's kind of where, where I am right now, but still lots of encouragement for moms. That's great. So, so tell me about your journey. Like, how did you come to know that you were doing better than you thought you were? Did you have a point where you thought you didn't think you were doing good enough? And how did you get to that place in your own motherhood journey? I think all of us as moms get to a point where we don't think that we're doing good enough. And um, it was an experience I had with my third son who um, we've been struggling with and found out he has some extra things going on. He had a diagnosis of Tourette's syndrome this year and um, has some anxiety and depression. We've struggled, and it was probably last year. I remember sitting across the kitchen, or I was at the kitchen counter, and he was sitting across from me, and we had had kind of a blow-up the night before where he had had a really difficult time, and he looked at me, and he said, Mom, how come you're so patient with me? And I did not feel like I was patient with him the night before. I said, Garrett, I'm not always so patient with you. And he said, no, you really are. And you always let me know that you love me no matter what I do. And that was a huge moment for me that I didn't handle things perfectly, but he felt like I was patient and loving toward him. And that is what matters. And I realized at that point that I was doing a better job than I thought. And we don't always hear that from our kids. And I was really shocked to hear that from him. But that was an aha moment for me. Maybe it was a couple of years ago, but it was an aha moment for me. Oh, that is such an important lesson to learn. And it illustrates perfectly that, and I say the word perfect, but it doesn't, we don't have to be perfect to be doing 
the best that we can do. We just have to be guiding and loving and helping our kids. And if we're doing that, it's enough. It's enough. And you know what? I apologize to my kids a lot because I mess up and I lose it sometimes. And, you know, I think that that that's not the we don't have to be perfect. What matters is if we apologize and show love afterwards and try and do better. That's right. I actually, I saw an Instagram post yesterday. I'll have to link it up in the show notes. And I'm it, the Instagram handle is even escaping me right now, but it, it basically said, I'm going to give you one piece of parenting advice. And Annie said, the piece of parenting advice I'm going to give you is forgiveness ask for forgiveness, forgive yourself, forgive your kids, just, and repent, repentance. Like that is the number one thing that we can do in parenting is repent and, you know, ask our kids, tell, we make, we make mistakes and it's okay. It will be okay. If we go to our kids and say, I'm sorry. I messed up. And it also permission to mess up and make it right. Yeah, it does. It gives, it models that for them. Right. So they're not going to think, oh, I have to be if they never see us struggle, then they're going to think we don't struggle. And that if they are struggling, then they're going to feel like, well, my mom's not going to understand. Right. So that is so good. So another thing that you've been sharing on your Instagram account that I have loved because I'm in the same stage of life is you have been sharing, you're celebrating 20 years of, as a mother. So your oldest child just turned 20 and you have been sharing all the different things that you have learned. Was it 20 things that you're sharing? 20 tips. Yeah. Okay. 20 tips that you've learned through motherhood. So tell, tell me some of those. What are, what are some of the most impactful ones that things that you've learned in 20 years of motherhood? One of the quotes I, I used the other day, which is by Dr. Christina Hibbert. It says the fruit of motherhood isn't how your kids turn out. It's how you turn out. And I talked about how the process of motherhood is about refining us as women And our kids have their own journeys and we are there to love and support and guide and inspire. But what are we getting out of that journey? Are we becoming more kind and patient and loving? Are we utilizing that as part of our life's journey to refine us and make us better? So I think sometimes when we're caught in the survival mode, we just think, oh, if I can just get through this, you know, if I can just survive this, then I'll be okay. But if we take it a couple steps further, Let's use it to thrive and become better and be refined. So that's one of the tips that I shared. So Um, so what does that mean to you? How do do you think you've been refined by motherhood? um, I am more empathetic. I am more patient. I'm more, much less judgmental. And I used to be kind of a little bit of a judgy mom. Oh, if she just do this and her kid wouldn't behave like this. And, you know, and I don't do that anymore because I've been that mom that's kid, you know, throws himself down in the grocery store or, you know, ha- is having a really difficult time with whatever. And so now I just, I just try to support people because we're all struggling and, you know, I think that's my, one of my biggest lessons is just being more empathetic and non-judgmental. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that, that's definitely, we're in the refiner's fire. I always say that motherhood has thrown every weakness that I've ever had in my face. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's totally true. Okay. So tell, tell, tell me some of the other tips that you've shared. Okay. Well, yesterday I, um, shared one that, um, 
this, this is the quote that shared, a big shout out to all the kids who didn't win an award or make honor roll and barely made it through the school year. A big hug to the moms, dads, grandparents, caregivers, and foster parents who stuck by them as they maneuvered the school year. You are worthy of a pat on the back and a Facebook post. Don't forget those kids' kindness, creativity, and tenacity often don't get the recognition they deserve. And, um, you know, another uh, lesson I've Another lesson in non-judging that I've learned is sometimes our kids don't get those outward awards. And my kids got them when they were younger. They were always on the honor roll. And that was kind of a pat on the back to me. I loved going to those because it was like that A on that report card was like validating me that I was a good mom, right? And that my kid was doing all the right things and whatever. And my kids aren't getting those as often, you know, high school is a little bit more difficult and more challenging and it bothered me for a long time. And I've really had to dig deep as to why it bothered me. And it's because I'm not getting the outward validation that my kid is awesome. Look at that, what they're achieving, but it's not about their achievements. Their achievements aren't who they are. That's what they do. And to really value your kids for who they are, and not place your value as a mom on the awards and things like that. Absolutely, if they're getting the awards, go and cheer as loud as you can because they deserve that from you. But also celebrate those small things at home where maybe nobody else is cheering but you. And yeah, that's so good. Just embrace it all. Embrace their struggles. Embrace them and embrace their small little progress. And I don't know. That's just, that's a big lesson I've learned. It just that those outward achievements are an easy way to gauge our quote unquote success as a mom, but it's not really has any, that doesn't really have anything to do with it. So our our success as a mom is if they feel loved and if they feel like we're their soft place to fall. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a flip side to that too. Like if you do have a kid that is achieving well, or has a 4.0 or is getting those awards, it, it may not be because of you either. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't pat yourself on the back for that either, because hopefully that's just showing that you have a kid that took the initiative. And I've had, I've had kids that have received those awards. Right. I have kids that have received those awards and it's not, it's not a reflection of me because I know what kind of mom I am. I am the kind of mom that if you're not self-motivated, I'm probably, I used to think I would be this way. Like I'm going to make my kids all take piano lessons and they're all going to do this and they're all going to do that. And I found out that doesn't work. And I am not a very good mom at motivating externally. Like if you're internally motivated, then go for it. Right. And if you're not, and that doesn't mean I'm going to let my kids sit around and be lazy or not do anything with their life. I'm going to guide them. But I figured out a long time ago that I am not a mom that if like my daughter, that's almost 12, she just quit piano lessons. And I've had people be like, wow, you let her quit. And I'm like, she wasn't feeling it. You know, she wasn't motivated to do it. And I know that I don't want to have that battle. I don't want to, that was not worth it to me because her heart wasn't in it. But I have other kids that play the piano beautifully. And I take no credit for that because they were just externally or internally motivated themselves to do it and to accomplish things with that. And so that's great. So I don't take, I try not to beat myself up when they you know, choose not to do something. And I try not to pat myself on the back too much when they accomplish something. Right. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with my worth as a mother. Right. Well, I think that's why we have to have that inward 
knowledge of who we are and we have to be okay with ourselves no matter what our kids do because if you're basing it on your kids behavior and achievements you're going to either base it on their good things and then be devastated by their bad things yeah and i've repeated to myself often their behavior has no reflection on me that's their journey this is my journey i'm here to love them i'm here to guide them but i can't make them behave or get the A or things like that. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like what you're saying is we need to be really kind of consistent, like in that medium, like we're loving, it's unconditional love, right? Like I'm going to love you no matter what, right? Like whether you are that high achieving kid or you've had some struggles, right? I can, I'm going to look at your struggles and say, look where you've come. And I'm going to, I'm going to love you for who you are. Right. And I'm going to be okay with who I am as a mom. Right. Regardless of you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, I have a friend who has a son in jail and she's like, it was, it's been really hard to not take all that guilt and shame on myself, but that's his journey. And I just am there to love him. You know, I love him even if he's in jail. So we just have to be okay with who we are. Yeah. That is so good. I love that. Okay, well, let's hear one more tip. And then we're going to talk about some other things. Here's a quote by Janet Lansbury. It says, it can be really tough to remember how emotionally immature children are because they can be so impressively intelligent, capable, and aware. When they seem deliberately bratty or downright mean, we all need to remind ourselves these are tiny people with incredibly low impulse control or easily overwhelmed. In the moment, it may feel like our kids are out to get us, but it is actually that their impulses have gotten the better of them. And I think this applies to young children, but it also applies to teenagers and even young adult children whose brains are still developing. The studies have shown they don't develop their frontal cortex till they're 25. And we think they should know better than this, but sometimes that impulse control gets a hold of them. And my tip on that was to understand appropriate development for kids, that it's really important for moms to understand what's appropriate development for toddlers, what's appropriate development for school age and teens, so that you understand that even as annoying as it can be when those impulse control issues come, it's normal. And again, we have to teach and guide and love them through it. And they're going to make them mistakes and they're going to feel the consequences of it. And we're just there regardless. But if we understand that it, I, it lessens for me, at least the anger that I feel when they make those dumb choices, because like, okay, they're a teenager, their brains aren't finished. They don't have a brain <laughs> really. Well, I laugh because you say that because my husband and I frequently look at each other and go, just remember they're dealing with, they only have half a brain. Right. And I don't say that to make fun of them, but it's really true. Like you said, there's scientific evidence. I was telling my son last night, we were talking about phones and social media and stuff. And I said, you're dealing with a reptilian brain, really. It's called the amygdala and it is a fight or flight. It's the basic, basic brain. And I said that frontal cortex, he's 14, is still developing. And I said, so you really have to think even harder about the things that you say and the choices that you make because you, you really have a reptilian brain (laughs) because so we have to work harder to look at the consequences that might come or things like that. And I just think it's so important to understand that with kids. Yeah. So how, how could a mom go about learning about 
the stages and the development that they're there are so many good things out there i'll send you some um links to websites that you could put in the show notes okay uh, great um for development there's a great book called the whole brain child that goes through the stages of brain development there's a book called the teenage brain which is really good um but i'll send you the links to those with the authors and uh, you can put them in the show notes okay great so any listeners that want to know more about that go to the show notes at spiritualmindedmom.com and we'll have all that there. That's great. I love, I love that advice to just understand where they're at developmentally and where they're coming from. And that, that'll probably help you have a little more patience with them when you understand that and what their needs are. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about some of the struggles that you faced recently. So even though you get to 20 years of motherhood, it's not like you ever arrive or like it ever becomes any easier. And we talk all the time, both of us about how great teenagers are and it's good, but there's a lot of challenges. So what are some of the challenges that you have faced recently in motherhood? Well, I will start out by saying, like you said, I love my teenagers. I guess I have two now. I keep saying I have three, but my oldest just turned 20. So he's not a teenager anymore, but, um, they're great and they're fun to have conversations with and, you know, things like that. But um, like I said, my third son was diagnosed this year with Tourette's and um, there's a whole lot of uh, what they call comorbid disorders that go with it. And he's, you know, always had some ADHD tendencies. And um, since he's been started to go through puberty, um, anxiety and depression have kind of overtaken. And um, we decided to pull him out of public school in January and homeschool him, which has been a challenge in and of itself. Um, but it was definitely what we were supposed to do as we figured out um, diagnosis and medications and things like that. It's important to, you know, just have him closer than he would have been at school. So um, those have been challenging. And I would say one of our big challenges has been some relationships with him having such difficulties. Sibling relationships have been affected. And so that's been a challenge to try and keep family unity and keep sibling relationships going and things like that. That's been a real challenge. And so that's been something that we've really been trying to focus on. So so what are you learning from from this time of motherhood and, and the challenges that you're facing? To become an expert on your child. So I'm kind of obsessively researching about these disorders that he's doing or that he's having, that it's okay for you to insist that they get help and talk to a therapist. In fact, we've told our kids before, you taking care of your health, mental or physical or emotional, is dependent on you being able to do like extracurricular activities because you need to be healthy in order to be able to do some of those extra things. But I would just say, become an expert on your own child because every diagnosis affects kids differently and become the mama bear advocate for them. So you are the one with their best interest in mind. Um, I have a meeting in June with the administration at the the middle school because he wants to go back to school in the fall. And I'm taking a whole packet in for them about him and talking about, you know, what he needs and things like that. So that's, I think what I've learned most is becoming the advocate and the expert. We need to, we need to be able to do that for our kids. How much of that process are you sharing with him? Does he know that, that you're the amount of work that you're putting in behind the scenes? Is he aware of that? He does. In fact, I'll print out articles and have him read parts of them because I want him to be an expert too. 
And I will say, he's okay with me talking about this. I wouldn't be talking about this on a podcast if I hadn't gotten his permission to do so because we need to respect our kids' privacy. But he wants me to talk about it to maybe help other kids who are struggling. So yeah, we talk very openly about it. We talk about um, you know some of the difficulties and challenges that he's having and going through and why that is. And so, yeah, we really try to be open. I think, I think that's really helpful to be open, to talk to the people around him. There are other relationships that he has um, to explain the situation. I know I have dealt with a situation in a church calling where I had to deal with a youth and they were doing these, had, had behavior that I was like, what in the world? Like, how do I deal with this? You know? Well, then I found out that they have some mental challenges and I, I didn't know because outwardly you could not tell. And I was so grateful for that, that mom came to me because it changed, totally changed the approach. And right. how I right. approached that child. If, if they were quote unquote normal, I, I don't know what normal is, but you know, it, it maybe was not appropriate, but for where they're at, it, it's okay. And, and then I knew how to deal with it. And I knew how to help the other youth around Right. know how to deal with it. So I think it's really important to go to people around you and explain. And like you said, be an advocate for them. Right. I plan to go to all of his teachers next year before the school year starts and talk to them about it. Because again, some of the behaviors, they look at him, he doesn't look any different. He's a really handsome kid. He, you know, looks neurotypical, you know, but there are some behaviors that are tied to what his disorders and they need to understand those so that he's not punished for these behaviors. Yes, he should try to do better, but sometimes he can't. So what has been the spiritual part of this journey? Well, I'll tell you one, one part that I just popped into my mind this morning is I talked about how sibling relationships have been challenging and I really want my kids to be best friends with each other. And I realize while they're in the home and in the trenches, that's not going to happen. They argue and they fight and whatever. But my goal is as they're, they grow up and are adults, I want them to be best friends. And I've worried about that as we've dealt with some of these challenges. But several months ago, my husband and I had the prompting that we needed to get a dog. Mm. And... My husband is not a dog person. He's always said, we're never getting a dog. Never, 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 but never say never because both of us felt it. And he felt it even more strongly than I did. So we presented it to our kids and they were so excited. And my 13, he's now, he's almost 14 next week, but um, he was obsessive in researching. We decided to get a rescue dog. And he called me one day when I was at work, mom, I found the dog. I found the dog on the website. And I said, well, I don't know, because they allow three applications and we have to go meet him. Anyway, when we went to meet this dog, it was obvious he was our dog. He kind of chose us. And I'll tell you what, that dog has brought my kids together more than anything. The other night, my husband and I were sitting on the deck and they were running around with the dog and all of them were laughing and running with him and playing. And I looked at my husband and I said, this is why we were supposed to get the dog. We thought it was just for my son to help when he's anxious and whatever. It's for the whole family. He gets us out walking and hiking and playing. And that has been a huge blessing in our life. And all because of a dog. I never would have thought. <laughs> See, that that is such a great story because it shows, I mean, you didn't know. Right. You didn't know that your family was lacking something, but but you got a prompting and you took the courage to follow it because 
I am not a dog person. So I really admire you because I don't know if I could do that. And we have never had a dog. So anyway, but I, I think it just shows that we don't know exactly what, what our kids needs are. And sometimes we get a prompting and we really don't, we think we know why, or maybe we don't know why, but if we trust that good things will happen, trust those promptings that you get and act on them. That's, that's the key part of the story is that you acted on it. And it took a whole lot of courage for my husband to act on that prompting. I can, I can relate because it would take courage for me to do that too. Yes, he loves the dog, maybe most of all. Are you serious? My husband, he <laughs> loves this dog. It's so fun to watch. Oh, that is so great. I love that. And I love that you're, you gave your son something to be a part of, you know, like yeah. him researching and finding this dog and when he's all of research, that. how to train and, you know, how to take care of them and things like that too. So, Oh, what you can just see so many blessings coming from that. I love that you were prompted to get a dog. Like that's how much heavenly father can help us. Right. It's right. not just these big spiritual things. He cares about everything. Right. I really love that story. That is so good. Well, Cheryl, this has been so great. Like I love talking to you and I love hearing your insights. Um, but I do have one final question for you. And that is how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? I think I have seen and felt God most of all when I don't feel like I'm enough because that is never his message to us. Our heavenly parents message is we are enough and they want us to work from a point of strength and positivity. And if we ask them what our strengths are, they will be revealed to us. And um, I have learned over the last couple of years, one of my strengths is to just love them through it. Um, I've been given this capacity over the last couple of years to maintain relationships, to build relationships with my kids, even in the hardest of times. And I never would have thought that would have been one of my gifts before, but God gives us what we need when we need it. And I really, really believe that. And so if you're struggling, ask for those gifts that you need to get through it. So true. I, I think often kind of a theme that I've been thinking about lately is that we, we are enough, but we're really not enough, right? Like we can't be everything to our kids. And so if we turn to God and ask for his guidance and we turn them to him, then they will have everything that they need. Yeah. And I also think motherhood is the perfect way to learn about the atonement because like you said we're not enough on our own but when we use God and the Savior as our partner somehow we are and that is the perfect analogy for the atonement is without him we can't do it but when we lean on them and ask for their guidance we are given what we need so true I believe that totally thank you so much you're welcome I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day, and remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.